Welcome to the Happy Hour Hangout Podcast, where the combos are candid and the cocktails are rancid. I think I think we just came up with our motto. Combos <laughs> <laughs> are candid. I like it. For the combos are candid and the cocktails are rancid. That is <laughs> That's great. You uh, like you that. keep doing those improv classes, all right, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you, got some, you got something going there. So let's uh let's all pop a top here real quick. There you go, Steve. Brad, did you get started already or what? I I did. Cheers. Oh, man. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Starting Getting starting. that vitamin C in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's a good call in these times. I hear vitamin I'm C is saying. helpful. Fighting it, it off. It is. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, this is going to be a very original new episode of the Happy Hour Hangout podcast. I am accompanied, as always, uh, by my man, Trav. What is up, dude? How is Kate today? What's up, bud? Oh, it was good. I uh, drove down there, had a couple meetings, and uh, drove right back. So, what did what uh, did you have for lunch? <laughs> I knew you were going to put me on the spot. I did, in fact, go over and uh, and, and scoop up a little lunch action uh, from our our friends at Burritoville. There we go. I, I did a- actually. I skipped the dirty fries uh, because I was in uh, I was in scrubs, and I thought. If I eat this in my car before a meeting and drizzle a little bit of the cheese on my uh, on my black scrubs, that would not have been a good look. So uh, I went chicken quesadilla. So you got the dirty fried burrito instead? Oh, you said quesadilla. Well, <laughs> no, chick, chicken quesadilla. Kept it clean. Clean and simple, Steve. That's fair. So for those for those who are listening and don't know, Burritoville is our favorite restaurant of all time that you only find in uh, KG's Missouri. Um, it's our Sunday tradition, at least – Typically Saturdays, Fridays, Thursdays, and, and, and Tuesdays. Um, but we have a wonderfully special guest today. The uh, she is a. I'm gonna just gonna call you a freelance artist. Is that does that work? That's perfect. Thank you. That's pretty good. Right? Okay, so uh, a fellow SEMO alum, a freelance artist, uh, Danielle Albertina. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Stephen Travis. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to this one. We are, yes, we, we are excited. You have a, a story that is very interesting. Um, and I mean, you, you know, basically what I just said, you are an artist. Um, you have created a wonderful dance career for yourself. And we're definitely going to highlight that and talk about your uh, path from, you know, your early days, to, you know, the SEMO days to, uh, you know, going to New York and now you're in LA and, and, and we're very excited to hear, hear a lot about that. If you, uh, if you have any funny stories about uh, Travis that you want to talk about, the, you are welcome to talk about those. Um, we can save that for the end if you want to. Um, but let's go ahead and, and kick off the taste test. So Trav, I, uh, I know you're raring to go. So why don't you, uh, why don't you hit us, hit us with what you got? I am. I uh, so I went a little bit outside of the IPA realm this uh, this go around. Wow, hold uh, the phone. You're not. I know, right? IPA. So, uh, Public House. Uh, I saw it in the uh, at Schnucks. It's kind of got this interesting blue zombie guy on here, uh, which I kind of caught my eye. Uh, Public House 
is a okay. brewery that's out of St. James, Missouri. So heading like you're heading to Rolla, it's down there uh, off of 44. This beer is um, not bad, actually. So it's a, it says Marzen style lager. I'm not really sure what that means, but definitely not an IPA. It's uh, five and a half. What's that, Steve? I said you nailed the pronouncing. Oh, thank you, man. I was practicing that all, the whole afternoon. Um, five and a half percent uh, alcohol percentage. Pretty good beer, but the cool can caught my eye. So kudos to our <laughs> friends at uh, Public House. Uh, the can got you a sale. So I like this one. I will say that Public House is a great, great uh, brewing company. I've had I've had several different iterations of, of theirs. Uh, not what you just said. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the word you just said, but uh, <laughs> they are they are good stuff. There's a big shout out to them. So, uh, Danielle, you get the second honors. Do you want to go ahead and kick us off? Oh, sure. Um, I have your really expensive Amsterdam vodka mixed with a nice local orange juice with a couple ice cubes that my freezer made. And um, if any of my students are listening, this is just all orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent choice. <laughs> Thank you. A couple points choice. on that. One, I think you're the first person to taste test vodka on this podcast, actually. <laughs> So good, oh. good stuff. Very good. Uh, and two, if your students are listening to this, that means we are doing something really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Make sure that make sure you get your students to listen to that part because that's 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 excellent. Only um, twenty one and up. Only twenty one and up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is that's awesome. Uh, so on a recent podcast, uh, so I like to do things kind of in, in a row. Uh, I'm a repetitive kind of person, um, and so I like to try, you know, different, different versions of, of different beers from the same brewing companies. And, and a couple podcasts ago, I uh, review, reviewed a, a brewery that I found just kind of randomly as at, at the store called Off Color Brewing. Uh, it's a brewery that's based out of Chicago. Um, they hand draw every one of their cans. Everything's a hand drawing. And they have really wacky names. Uh, the one that are uh, taste tested uh, last time was called beer for tacos and they've got this, you know, cool line where it's beer for golf, beer for hamburgers, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but they've got a bunch of other different things that aren't, that isn't just called beer for blank. Um, so I decided to keep going with the off color brewing, uh, situation and I got what is called apex predator. So it's kind of, as you can see, it's hand drawn for those that are looking on YouTube. Um, and it's, it's a farmhouse ale. Trav, do you know anything about farmhouse ales? I do. The my most uh, the most popular farmhouse ale is a Tank Seven from Boulevard. Fun fact. Kansas City's own, right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually beat you again this week on the percentages. I don't know what's going on with you, but uh, <laughs> trying to go a little lighter, man. I, I guess, man. <laughs> you don't have dirty fries and you don't have an IPA today. You're you're out of sorts. <laughs> so um, just off my game. I'm going to talk to your wife. Um, so this is 6.5% alcohol. Uh, this is actually my first time uh, tasting it, actually. So real, real time, a real-time taste test right here. Good stuff. It's uh, strong. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Boy, sounds like you're going to buy a whole case of that, huh, Steve? Uh, you know what? I just might actually, I like that better than the beer for tacos. Cause the beer for tacos definitely felt like I should be, I was in Cinco de Mayo. Um, 
So, but anyway, that's, that is our taste test. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the audiences that are listening at home. Cheers. Cheers. Let's, uh, let's kick this off. So obviously we have the wonderful Daniel Albertina here. Uh, I've actually known you since college. Um, you know, we hung out quite a bit uh, because I was very, I'm very good friends with Mark Richard. You guys are in the theater department together. Um, obviously I was dragged to all the shows that he was in and you were obviously in a lot of those shows uh, with him, but you, <laughs> you kind of, you, you are definitely, um, you've made a name for yourself as a dancer. Um, so before we kind of dive into that, uh, why don't you just kind of give a brief introduction of yourself and then we'll just kind of move forward from there. Sure. Um, so my name is Danny Albertina or Danielle Albertina, originally from the St. Louis, Missouri area and a friggin' technical Collinsville, Illinois, home of the world's largest ketchup bottle, not trying to brag or anything. Um, and yeah, I've been dancing my whole life. I felt very, very lucky and fortunate to have the opportunity to go to SEMO and the program um, there you could be on dance teams as well as uh, be in the theater department, which not a lot of college programs allow you to do that. Because um, when I first started getting serious with dance, it was because a dance team, like, you know, sort of a free little public high school event. And so, um, yeah, and aside from studying dance, I studied family studies and human environment and development at SEMO. So a lot of my uh, teaching that I do with students bases a lot around my information and knowledge from that. So um, I'm definitely big into, um, I take a very serious role as an educator and in the dance field, a lot of times it can be seen as entertainment. So sometimes a lot of people are put on quickly and they're teaching a younger generation and I'm super passionate about making sure those younger kids are um, being fed the right information and not you know not being tainted in the field and know that they have their own choices to make and um, try not to get caught up in the clout of things <laughs> and um, is this too long of an intro I don't know <laughs> I don't know no, no you're fine <laughs> okay cool um, yeah so aside from teaching I still dance and perform try to keep the body in shape it's a little <laughs> hard during quarantine when California was the first state to lock down and here we are still locked down as fires are surrounding us <laughs> but um yeah I got a yoga mat so been staying creative <laughs> inside <laughs> oh man so Collinsville to SEMO so uh Steve and I mm -hmm. both did the Belleville to SEMO route uh yeah. so familiar from the metro east um how what stood out at SEMO was it just being able to dance and then also be do the theater did you know that going into it or did you kind of luck into that no um not before I do that do you guys listen to Wilco if you're from Belleville Steve might uh, Wilco um, I don't uh no I don't oh my gosh you guys this is like a Belleville hero you gotta check it out <laughs> <laughs> Wilco all right yeah it's a little old school and like a little like guitar angsty but it's it's good good vibes um so, wait, wait, yeah, right. so I, I, we, have, we have to stop this interview right now so what is this <laughs> Wilco it's a band from the east side of the river like I can't believe you guys are from there and you have not heard of them uh yeah. <laughs> 
Are you doing okay. some research? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting IT on this right now. Um, <laughs> are they so, all right, so they're, they're from Belleville? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know REM? Well, yes, I, like I definitely know them. World. Okay, he's from Collinsville, so that's another claim to fame. I mean, he's a little dark, and I can see why coming from are, there as well. <laughs> are they? Are they? Are they on Spotify? Woco? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. They they're like pretty major. What is their number one song? So I'm gonna figure this out right now. I don't know what the number one song is. Kai, do you know a number one Wilco song? Sky Blue Sky. Sky Blue Sky. All right. That's all I needed. You can, uh, you can keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I actually went to Mizzou my first year as a freshman. And um, they, they didn't have a dance program. And um, their dance team was very much like NFL, like cheery, cheery, da, 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 but they don't compete or like uh -huh. – yeah, so um, after my first year there, I was kind of like, this just doesn't feel good for me. Um, I think I need to start focusing on what makes me happy. Like, I kind of was like, if you grow up where we did in Collinsville, like becoming a professional dancer wasn't, you don't know too many people who do that, you know? So I kind of went to college just being like, okay, no, this is what I do now. Now I go to college and like I definitely went through like a big depression that first year I mean of course I still had fun but you know it's just like dance was my whole world and so once I finally realized that no you know I'm gonna find out a way to make this happen I started researching schools and um, like I mentioned SEMO and conservatory the dance theater at the same time so um I was very, very thankful for that. And it also only being two hours away from near where we grew up. Um, I could drive home if I needed to, which like there was an emergency that happened with my dad in college once and I drove up quickly, like still had the flask from Saturday night and my little purse got stopped at um, the security at the hospital. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Very nice. So how, so let's, uh, let's go through the Mizzou, like leaving Mizzou, right? So like yeah. you're, you're involved in uh, dance at Mizzou and mm -hmm. like, I just, I feel like that's gotta be like a pretty tight knit group. Like what did, what was that like just saying, all right, I have to get out of here. This is not working for me. I got to start somewhere else after one year that had yeah. to have been a, an adjustment at 18, 19 years old. Totally. I mean, Mizzou is like its own culture in itself, like that uh -huh. whole sorority and fraternity stuff. Like I did not rush when I first got there because I was like, wait, like, what? Why do I need to pay for friends? And then when you get there, like it was everyone's whole world. And mm -hmm. um, fortunately, uh, the year that I was there, a new sorority was trying to make its way on campus. So like they kind of started right after rush had happened. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. Like I was a little late to the game. They were setting mm -hmm. it up. So I was a founding sister of Sigma 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 <laughs> at Mizzou. <laughs> and um, I know it's, it's pretty funny. Um, and you know, you do your weekly meetings and everything. I am thankful because they had one of the campus groups come in, like one of the feminist groups. And from that meeting of them making a guest appearance in one of our like Sunday meetings, I um, joined that club and started like my mind was ex 
expanded from mm -hmm. um, basically I like turned big feminist, but not new age feminist where it's like crazy and like hates men, like, but basically just a little bit more um, <laughs> open and recognizing that, okay, there are some boundaries that exist and some barriers that kind of hold you back in some ways. Um, so that was one good thing that came from the sorority. Um, and I didn't do the dance team at Mizzou. I, uh, I went to like one pre-audition, like they do mm -hmm. basically before the big auditions, you come in and do a camp and they tell you um, what you need to do to improve to get invited to the audition. And basically it wasn't about dance technique. It was about how your hair is, what kind of sports bra you're wearing, oh, et cetera, geez. et cetera. Yeah. 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 And so um, I was like, that really isn't for me. But there was a lo local studio who luckily welcomed dancers in from the college. So that's where I trained at, at Mizzou. And, you know, that was a big difference from how competitive and how often I was dancing back at home um, before I went and left for college and like you know in high school we go to school from like what 8 a.m to 3 p.m and then after that like i was doing my dance class for two hours then after that my my team rehearsal like i was so busy in high school and then going to mizzou you have all this free time because you only have like three classes per day i wasn't dancing as much so i was like this is not for me and i think that's a big reason why i double majored at um SEMO is because i'm like okay like i need i need a little bit more stimulation here you know <laughs> i can i can definitely relate to that i i remember being back in school and thinking man i you know i I've, i'm not built like a dancer unfortunately but i uh i, I, I took kidding a, me <laughs> I, I know right big big old burly guy like myself no i mean i can dance after a handful of beers but not not anything anybody would want to watch um but uh, but the point of my story is is that i can relate to the feeling like you just have so much free time um mm -hmm. you know i can just remember at my my first semester i mean steve and i lived together and uh just thinking like man, we have an endless amount of free time. Like, this is like, I mean, almost too much, like to a point of like, no wonder people get in trouble in college, because you go from like, such a regimented, like, okay, here's my 10 hour day to, hey, you have two classes today. Uh, have fun, grab some lunch, enjoy the day. You're like, right. Uh -oh. <laughs> and leaving a 19 year old to do that, you're like, uh, uh -huh. yeah, it's like, oh, this is gonna get weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So many, so many random 1 30 in the afternoon uh -huh. days where your doors open and you just watch people walk down the hall and <laughs> say hi to each Super other, shit. and you may or may not like hang out with them and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Good old times. Let's go back to that, right? Yeah, no, I those days are long gone now. So uh, back, back to being being busy. Um, so, so you're at Semo. You're you're dancing. You're doing the theater thing. Um, when when did you start to kind of put together? All right, this is what I want to do with my life professionally. Was it during that time? Like, were you like, I'm moving to New York. This is the place I want to be. Or were you just kind of open and seeing what was going to happen? Um. Honestly, like I'm very much someone who like goes with the flow. Like I do, like I like having my plan, like right mm -hmm. before I know something's going to happen. But um, I was teaching with a company that traveled nationally. So um, I was very busy with them during summers and that helped me grow up a lot. There was a lot of responsibility that I had as a 19, 20, 21 year old um, touring with them. Um, but honestly, like in high school, I knew like, when I took summer intensives for dance, I knew I was like, no, I love this. This is something I want to do. Um, 
but I just didn't know exactly like what route it was because I love so many things about dance like I like salsa dance I like ballet I like hip-hop and a lot of times you need to go down one route to make it um to be like well-known or super successful um and I, I was teaching dance I was choreographing which are all th things that I'm still doing now but um yeah, no, I didn't really have a plan when I was at SEMO. I was like, let me see, like, you know, we'll see what comes up as we go. I know whatever I do, I just want it to be dance related, you know? So mm -hmm. I just had that skeleton and kind of made choices from there. That's interesting That's cool. that you say that. So, so talk about a little bit about how kind of that kind of unfolded. So you inevitably moved to New York City. Uh, you've, you would live there up to this point for six years. Um, I know you just recently moved to LA. We'll get there in a second. Um, mm -hmm. but talk a little bit about how that whole thing unfolded, because, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the pod, you are what I would, would label as a freelance artist. And, um, and so you, you wear many hats, um, especially totally. when, when it comes to dance and you were talking about how you, you love being involved with every, you know, so many different forms of dance. And so you're, you know, you're teaching, you're doing choreography, you're dancing yourself. I know that you've done some, you know, some modeling, um, you know, for, for different things. How did all that stuff unfold and then really just kind of built up from there? Um, well, so after college, I moved home with my family to save up some money. Like I was a weird graduate because I had the double major. I didn't graduate till December. So it's like in the middle of the year, like it's winter, like everything sucks in the Midwest because it's cold as AF. Um, so um, I was fortunate enough that I booked a company in St. Louis to start dancing with Ashley Lee and Dance Company. And um, I also trained with the Big Muddy Dance Company um, and I was choreographing within their training program as well. Um, so like I had my ducks in a row. I knew I'd be doing something dance related, but also was like super hyper aware that like those opportunities after like the market crash a few years after, like we're not going to pay bills. Um, so I was bartending, like one of my first jobs after college, I worked at wild country, um, where like line. Yes, that is <laughs> excellent. Oh, yeah. oh, that is God. awesome. It, I bet it, you saw some shit there. Oh, <laughs> it's an understatement. Like yeah. I remember oh, working New Year's Eve and this couple was like, can you take our photo? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I put my tray down and like I grabbed their camera. Next thing I know, I hold it up and they're full on making out. Like you would think that maybe like a cute little like peck for New Year's would be nice. But no, they like they were acting like I was taking video or something. I was like, oh, OK, there you go. Um, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so did all the side gigs, um, bartending, and after a year and a half of, like, saving up money, I worked my ass off. Um, I, like, I did not have a full day off that, like, year and a half, maybe, like, probably four weekends, if I go back and look at my written calendar. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I saved up enough money, I was like, all right, I'm going to move to New York. And my dad's like, no, you're not. And I was like, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> and he wasn't so happy about it, but he ended up actually driving me out there. So he was supportive and I was thankful. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then once I got to New York, um, rent got real, real. So <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um, my God. So I feel like I wasn't 
training as much as I was in St. Louis, but in some ways I matured a lot as a dancer, even though I wasn't doing it as often. And I think a lot of that comes from experiences. Like, you know, when you dance or any sort of art that you do, like the artist brings their whole self to it. And um, I definitely think that that had a lot to do with how I perform and like the stories I tell in my head before I go on stage. And yeah, New York was wild. <laughs> I can so. only imagine. So you are, so when you're in New York, um, mm-hmm. are you continuing doing the side, the side stuff? Oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. The like, whole time. Right. Yeah. I thought I didn't sleep in St. Louis, but then I move out to New York and I really don't sleep. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. So, so what's that like? Cause I mean, I, I mean, from a, and I'm Midwest guy, been here mm-hmm. and uh, own a home in St. Louis. I, I would be shocked if we end up anywhere else. Yeah, thank you. But, um, That's huge. <laughs> but I like I from work. I'll, I will interact with folks on the East Coast, and it just blows mm-hmm. my mind when we talk about you know my mortgage payment compared to somebody out there, and it's just a whole new like. I mean, it's escalated you know six seven times in some cases. Um, totally. How, how do you make that work? Is this just grit and hustle? Did you have like seven roommates? Like, what was that all like? <laughs> well, my first year, I did have two other roommates. They were girls uh-huh. and they're lovely and we're still all really, really good friends. I really lucked out. Like, I, you know, a, a lot of success comes from being lucky. And I do think that I'm very, very fortunate that I landed with good people because had that first year, I had had an unstable home environment, I don't think I would have made it. Like the outside world for me was such an adjustment. So like different, so unstable. And like, you know, coming from the Midwest, like sometimes I'm like stupid optimistic. Like there's times where I think like, Danielle, how the fuck did you survive that? Um, It's like the older I get, you know? Um, So New York definitely still taught me and a lot of people like didn't think that I'd come out alive like they were so worried they're like oh she's so bright-eyed she's just gonna get like screwed over (laughs) but um honestly I think the worst thing that happened to me in New York was just being hit by a car as a pedestrian and that guy actually I know like I was literally one block away from my apartment like you gotta be kidding me but um that guy was super sweet. Like he didn't hit and run. You know what I'm saying? So um, I feel he actually took me to the hospital down the road. Like, I mean, what kind of idiot gets in the car after it hits them? But I honestly think I was like, had a concussion or something. So I wasn't thinking straight. But um, (laughs) like that honestly was the worst thing that happened to me in New York. So that is crazy. So are you starting at, when you're in New York, you're starting, I'm assuming trying to, you're getting professional breaks, like things mm-hmm. are starting to build up. Um, when did it start to like feel really real? Like I'm here, I'm doing this. This is really starting to work for me. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I don't know. I'm someone who's like, I never feel like I've done enough work. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes I, sometimes I can look back, like I'll look at my old stories that I've shared or like old videos from Mm -hmm. performances that I've done. And I get this like warm, fuzzy feeling, but like after something has happened, I'm like, all right, what am I going to do next? Like, what am I going to do here? Which is like, it's a blessing and a curse in some ways. Like I need to, I need, I'm like working on trying to 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like be a little bit more um, content with all that I've done. But also I just feel like I'm hyper aware of, of um, how much more I have to do and how much further I have to go and how much more I have to learn. So that kind of like gives me that fire underneath my butt, you know? That's awesome. So you, you've, you've essentially been able to, to build a brand for yourself. Um, you know, you, you were in, in, in New York for six years. Um, and, and like I said before, you, you've, you've worn uh, just so many different hats. Um, and I've, I, I, you know, I've had a chance to look at your, at your website and the videos, and I, I highly encourage everybody to check that out um, when they, when they get a chance. Um, so, you know, talk a little bit about the stuff that, uh, everything that you've kind of been able to do in, in terms of, you know, you know, dancing, modeling, chore- you know, choreography. Uh, I know you were, you know, we were off the air, we were talking about um, how you, you've, you've actually, you know, teaching English as a second language. Um, you know, talk about the things that you were able to do and build something for yourself in, in the time that you were living in New York City. Outside of the fact that I'm, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, you were still also still bartending out there too while, while building this oh, all, yeah. all up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always like, always juggling all the side gigs. So my first, like, I want to say four years in New York, I was always either bartending or serving on top of um, training, performing, choreographing. Um, once I started getting more teaching jobs, which um, I started like meeting more people, you know, like networking a little bit, like feeling a little bit more grounded and knowing how to work the subway. Um, then I like laid back on the hours of, of bartending and surfing. But the thing is, when you do that, then you don't make as much money as what you're used to. So then it's like, I felt like I was always constantly trying to like shift my lifestyle. Um, And so if I'm not working as much here, then I need to put in more hours here, which it felt like a sacrifice that was needed, that was smart to make for the time. Because even though I'm getting less money, I'm in the field that I actually like want to do for the rest of my life. And not saying that like I've I love bartending and I love like meeting people in the community, but there's only so long that I want to stand on my feet for nine hours and be a police officer, a babysitter, a uh, like servant, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I, I always just searched out different gigs um, that were, that seemed creative that I'd have freedom in. Um, but yeah, it just, just one day at a time. That's all, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. I, I'm always amazed. Uh, we've had a handful of people on now that have lived in these monster cities. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just absolutely blown away at that. I, I'm one of those people, like, I've been to New York one time. And, um, you know, you get on the subway. You do the whole subway thing. You, you get out at the World Trade Center. You're kind of looking around. And it's just like there are way too many people here for my liking. Um, and that's the only thing that's like running through my head. And it's like, it's really cool the hustle and bustle and all that. And then I'm like, you get back in your hotel and you're like, okay, well, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> I don't know why. I just have never been like the, the biggest fan of, um, of these monster cities. And I'm always just absolutely blown away at people that just go and grind and, and make it happen in these like huge cities. So not a question but just like a hats off to you because i it's just not a uh it's not an environment i think i would i would thrive in so 
<laughs> Thanks Anyways, so much. But for that's whatever like, that's worth. <laughs> no, totally. It, I think that's super important to know to know yourself if you would thrive in a city or not because mm -hmm. like it makes a world of difference. Like it doesn't, you know, I think that's what makes America beautiful is that we do have these big cities where everyone makes it and mm -hmm. we do have more urban and rural areas too. Um, I just think knowing just just know yourself and know your people and like what wherever you are just be a fucking nice human that's it like <laughs> you great know advice. Like, great yeah. advice that kind of kind of reminds me of mark richard's advice when he was on here and it was uh, uh about covid and it was uh yeah it was covid advice what, yeah. what 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 was it, Steve? It was something like wash your hands, wear a mask, yeah, and don't was, be a dummy, or something yeah, like that. It was it was wear a mask, was wash your hands, and don't be a dummy. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? That's a really simple like. Okay, I I love that advice. Just be a nice person. It is like a <laughs> yeah, little <laughs> a little like consideration for pulling your ego out of yourself and like recognizing how other people feel goes uh -huh. a long way. <laughs> I want to, uh, and Steve, I hope I'm not getting in the fast lane here, but I'm, uh, I, I'm fascinated by the New York to LA mm -hmm. transition. What, what made you decide that? Um, let's just start there. So what, what made that led to that decision? Okay. Um, well, it's a hefty answer. So <laughs> buckle up. Um, Fair enough. So as I was working in New York, I booked a lot more commercial gigs than what I ever thought I would. When I went out there, I was more of a concert dancer and a theater dancer. And um, I booked a lot of either music videos, I booked background work on Orange is the New Black. And so a lot of this type of work, and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, you know, I thought I'd be one of those like deep in your feels company dancers and none of those companies were hiring me. So I was like, hmm. Um, so I definitely was like, well, maybe there's more work for this out in LA. I kind of like always entertained the idea, um, but never truly made the jump. And um, and then I booked a trip out here last summer, and um, I actually stayed with my current boyfriend now. He's my high school sweetheart, but we went on a 10-year hiatus in our 20s. Mm -hmm. We got to know ourselves, um, and so when I came out here to kind of get a lay for the land, and I stayed with him, um, some butterflies ended up rising back up, and, <laughs> and uh, bit the, the love bug bit Oh, you. my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the love bug ever went away. I think it was more of like I compartmentalized. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt on this. I'm not going to hurt on this, and I just put it up in the shelf, like, hide it, hide it. And, the, mm -hmm. and so then, like, when I came back, um, I feel like that box from the shelf just, like, fell down and bursted open, and I was like, no, this is for sure. Like, this is this is the answer like this mm -hmm. is what we're doing and so um after that I was like yeah no I'm definitely going to move to LA now and so I mean there's no better time to try moving in with your boyfriend for the first time than throughout quarantine right <laughs> oh man yeah you get a crash course and uh living together the whole bit uh, oh my yeah, gosh I know awesome. it's like I think it's a true testament though that like oh, dude if we can do this we can do oh yeah hell fast pretty... forward a year from now if you guys are still just like the butterflies are still floating that's a real deal yeah you know <laughs> for sure I feel very very lucky <laughs> that's You'll awesome never ever get to know 
your spouse in any form than when you move in with them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> so when you, when you say commercial gigs, now we're talking, um, is that done? Is that through you auditioning or is that through an agency? Like how, how does all that work? Like, it, it, how, like that part of it? Totally. Um, so both. So mm-hmm. I am on a couple audition websites. A few of them are answers for dancer backstage and casting networks. Uh-huh. And they post, um, they post auditions or different casting calls that you can just submit online. So I would mm-hmm. self-submit a lot on my own since I didn't have an agent at the time in New York. Mm-hmm. And then there would be like on dance.ny, they'd have concert or commercial dance auditions too. So I would cool. go to a lot of in-person ones, but quite a bit of it was online. And I think because I was self-submitting and like got into a habit of always making sure, like, let me put myself out there. Let me put myself out there. That mm-hmm. That's what I booked more. Um, and like I told you, I wasn't training as much as I used to in St. Louis because I was working so hard. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of like theater and concert dance it's like the people you're around like it's like people get put on just because of like you're always around and in the circle and I was like y'all I'm on like survival mode like I I can't you know like this Mm -hmm. rehearsal needs to (laughs) Mm -hmm. so so do those commercials like those what you're talking about that those Mm -hmm. do you always have to audition for those I mean I think you were just talking about you know putting in for all those did did it always come with having to put in like a rehearsal or, you know, how, how does it, how does that work exactly? Yeah. Most times, like most of the gigs that I've gotten, I've auditioned for or submitted for, but <clears throat> there are like, for example, I met people through teaching. Um, so I taught hip hop in the Upper East Side and I met a lovely community of teachers and dancers there. And from that community, they're artists too. So Adrielle Bell, she's a pop star. She self-produced um, a lot of her music videos. And so I choreographed for her. I've danced for her. Um, another girl I worked with there, she taught at a different studio in New York. And um, one of the famous uh, artists from Taiwan, Miss Ko, came in and took class from her. And then Miss Ko wanted her to choreograph. And because she knew me from teaching, she's like, Yeah, Danny, like, come on, be the dancer in the video. So there are like a couple opportunities like that um, that I, I was fortunate for. But most of it was always self submitting. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that. And then, um, you know, I I gotta ask you about the weather. This is the old man in me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, dude, LA weather's gotta be night and day better, right? Oh my gosh! It, it's like perfect there in South uh, South uh, Southern California, right? It is like yeah. the emo girl in me kind of misses those like sad winters. But um... <laughs> <laughs> sad winters. That's like sad winters. Oh. <laughs> but no, it is like. I'll tell you what, I was like, I was really running on E at the end of my New York adventure. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like hustling in the same circles. And even though like I'm hustling, I'm like slowly but surely like going up and up and up. But Mm -hmm. I just, I needed, I needed something different. And I really thank LA for that nice sun, those beautiful beaches. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's awesome. 
uh, a few weeks in LA, I think, would put a smile on just about anybody's face. <laughs> right. Trav, I think, I think, I think West Coast weather would be perfect for you because you're really into the long, uh, long sleeve shirts and and then the shorts game. And that I love is perfect that. for West Coast weather. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the long sleeves short look. That's a good. That's a good mick. Do you this, also this is, like this is my pal Mark for for a week? got me into doing that. I had not done that until I visited him because it gets super, <laughs> super cold uh-huh. uh, at like seven, at like seven o'clock at night. Uh, it drops like 50 degrees. And so, but you're doing things and it's, you know, still good, you know, still decent out. So you always want to wear like shorts, but you want to wear like long sleeves. And so that's, that's your game, dude. You should tell Chelsea <laughs> to move out there immediately. Southern California, right? <laughs> that happy balance. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We'd have to be in a suburb, like two hours outside of LA, though. I think I the 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 people in the traffic that would drive me nutty. I think <laughs> it's I, actually I not know. too bad traffic right now, just because of COVID, <laughs> true, and a lot true. of people are working from home. I also personally know somebody that lives in uh, Bakersfield who describes that area as the uh, Teddy Roosevelt kind of town which I think is perfect for you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, man. I like a little, I like a little slower way of life. What can I say? <laughs> uh, pretty sure I, 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 I used the wrong president, but it's, it's my sister that lives out there. So she knows what I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> so I, I definitely want to talk about this because you picked the craziest year of all of history to move from mm-hmm. one coast to the, to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were kind of talking about this off air, but I definitely want to highlight this a lot more because I think this is so interesting. You basically have moved to uh, across, across the United States during a pandemic and now a, a bunch of wildfires that are happening on the coast that you live in now. The floor is yours. Why don't you talk about what life <laughs> has been like trying to navigate your career while you're going through all everything that's happening, especially on the West Coast? Totally. Um, well, LOL, to defend my intelligence first, there wasn't a pandemic when I first moved. <laughs> I, um, I moved in January. Um, I was still traveling for work. So um, even though I didn't get a full two months in LA before all hell broke loose, um, I still... You essentially said, able- screw the New York, just frigid cold. Let's go to the super nice west coast lifestyle then all of a sudden oh i can never leave my house ever again this is great yeah yeah um honestly though like i i told you guys i'm super like high strung high energy um so i am like you know there's always a silver lining even though i've been still like hustling hard indoors it's been a different part of me that's hustling and if the outside world were still open I'm sure I'd be running in the same circles that I was doing before so um, because of COVID um, I've been I got a certification I'm a certified family life educator which also helps in teaching the kids Um, I created a podcast dance tips daily Um, I updated my website there were a whole bunch of gigs that I've done that I hadn't been keeping up with. And um, I've been working on like myself and my relationship, making sure I'm a good partner. So um, also like, you know, whenever it was hot and heavy during those months of like 
racial justice, I got into my first internet fight and I was like, okay, I can't let this happen again. Like this, this girl was trying to say she wasn't a racist and you know, it's, and like she found my page, like she wasn't even my friend, but she shared one of the things that I shared that basically was just like, this matters. And then like tried to fight me on it. And <laughs> Um, I was feeling a type of way. And so I learned about myself that, you know, as much as I feel these bubbling feelings up inside, like some people just aren't worth your energy and there's more proactive ways to <laughs> delegate where that goes. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. I feel like, I feel like we have to explore that more. The, the internet fight is, uh, that, that one I, I'm with you. Uh, on that one that one can get a little bit because your in, yeah. immediate instinct is just to start firing back and i don't know about yeah. you but i've done it countless times where i get midway through a a fire back and i'm like wait a second yeah. <laughs> and i like read it and i'm like wow we should probably just skip yeah. out this. but yeah. your immediate action is like all right let's go you know Right. Well, like the thing is too, like, I'm not a very confrontational, like competitive mm -hmm. person in nature. Like I very much like keeping the peace. So the fact that like I was so riled up, I think says something about what the situation was. And like, you know, of course I'm human. Like, of course I have my low moments too, but like that really, I just, I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> What uh? What have been the uh? What's the wildfire situation like? That's uh, that's got to be intense. Yeah. Um, I listen to the news when I drive to go teach, and mm -hmm. it's always just like, oh, eighty percent of this town has been completely burned, yeah, and it's brutal. like, yeah, I should probably start listening to like nice pop music before I teach the kids. Mm -hmm. So, but um. Yeah, so LA, we're lucky that there's nothing too far down here yet, but we did have a lot of smoke and like bad air quality. You could look at the sun directly. I, I was telling Steve before oh, wow. you got on, like yeah. it was so cool how it makes a perfect circle. <laughs> like and then you could just look at it because you know it's like ever moving, but like to our human eye. That's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> what, so do, are you familiar with the Valencia, the town Valencia? Have you heard of that? It's north of LA. Um, it's like an hour and I don't know, 15 minutes North of LA. Well, that's where our, uh, the company I work for our headquarters is there. And part of the training is we go out there for a month at the very beginning. And we actually live out there basically for four oh, wow. weeks, which was a, an experience all on its own. But the reason I bring it up is because when I was there, part of the highway, the hillside had burned, um, and it had gotten onto the highway. So the highway was closed, which made this hour and a half, hour 20 minute drive or whatever it was turned it into like a two and a half hour situation oh and it was gosh. a hot mess traffic everywhere and i was like yeah. stuck in this uber for <laughs> like what felt like half a day um and i mean that was my inconvenience with it and my house and property and all these other things weren't involved with it so i can just imagine That's the so stress i mean a, yeah. a wind a wind change and your town could be quote safe and then all of a sudden not so much and it's it's sad i mean it's just kind of like watching things burn alive is not not something i want to sign up for <laughs> no it's not no. it's it's super sad i know like forests definitely like that to do their rebirth they do cause their fires so that they're able mm -hmm. to 
um, come back up stronger. But I, what I've been hearing, at least from the news on NPR, is that like this season is way worse than last. So mm-hmm. that's kind of <laughs> troublesome, like worrying. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, one day at a time. I don't know if it comes down here, then I'll figure it out then. But yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been asking you about all these things about how life during COVID and, and, and the wildfires, I guess the real question is that, to ask is you guys are safe, right? Yeah, we, okay. we are. We're, we're lucky. <laughs> well, I should have asked that so. first in this interview, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no um, worries. Yeah, we're good. So I want to put you on the spot here for a second, okay? Okay. Um, so I'm curious on what you, what have you enjoyed doing the most during this 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 uh, very interesting career of yours? Oh, that is on the spot for sure, Steve. It's a good question. I ask um, the hard questions, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love going deep too. Um. What I've enjoyed the most is, I'd say, the overall learning process. Um, whether it comes to learning about someone else, um, learning about culture, learning about the technique in dance, learning about how other people have made it, um, and also like learning about myself that like I have the strength to endure. doing a nine to five that are like just what the hell did I choose and now I'm stuck and now I have kids now I have a family and now now I have to do what I have to do and the dream and this is not me for my wife who's inevitably going to listen to this. I love my job and love my family but I'm saying that there's a lot of people out there that have gotten kind of stuck in this you know financial wheel maybe is the right word where they're just totally. like I have a house, I have kids, we got to pay for daycare, we got to this, that, and that. And my real passion is something that, you know, is a fifth of what I make. Yeah. I can't do that. I got to do what I have to do, right? And so so I would, if I'm you, I would be incredibly grateful to go on that route from the beginning because you're chasing a dream and, you know, 20 years from now, you're going to remember all the cool things that you are able to do and how you, you carved your own path. That's cool. Oh, well, thank you, Travis. I appreciate yep. that. You saying that though reminds me that like what, something like one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you always have a choice and you always have autonomy over like mm-hmm. changing it. So even if like there are some people who feel like stuck in their nine to five, that is like, it's totally changeable. Like mm-hmm. nothing is permanent. And if COVID's taught us something, I think it's definitely that, that like, you know, like, carving your way forward won't always have a clear path but like as long as you just keep moving like you'll figure it out um and i mean i've like i've cried so many tears like (laughs) over some of the silliest things like you know like one time i thought my laundry was stolen in new york and it was just like the straw that stole the camels or that broke the camels back when really it was just like the laundry people thought it was a delivery and put it somewhere else you know like so I feel like that's one thing that all the experiences have taught me is that like nothing is permanent and that includes your really strong and bad feelings and you can always change you can always adjust and create 
That is great advice, and we are going to put you on the spot one last time for uh, <laughs> hopefully the cornerstone uh, enlightening enlightenment period of advice. And that okay. is for somebody that's out there listening that is curious about this same career path. What mm. is your go-to advice for that person? Do daily, every day. Even if you feel like shit, just keep going towards the direction of your dreams. As long as you take two steps forward, it's okay to take that one step back. Very that is excellent like life that. advice in general. Solid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I actually have one more. Oh, man. Question. <laughs> stay, stay. Steve's surprising you with one last put on you on the spot. I'm question. here for it. I love the improv surprise. <laughs> this is the most important question we are going to ask you in this entire interview. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. So much pressure. It's actually a two-parter, too. Um, one, can you teach Travis how to dance? And two, what dance would you teach him? Oh, man. This is funny. Okay. All right. I'm okay. here for this. I'm here for this, too. So I think everyone. Just a reminder, he is six foot seven. I don't know if that does anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, totally, totally. I think everyone's a born dancer. And um, okay. Travis, I think you'd like this, um, you know, when you're out there doing your sales and someone maybe just annoys you or crosses a line. This is called the woe. So basically, you just pull one hand up. You could do it on screen with me. And then you switch with the other hand dropping down and you grab like you grab a salt shaker it goes oh. yeah right. you just did the whoa <laughs> <laughs> i like that steve i'm about to give you that one i highly Thank you. Encourage, I appreciate <laughs> that. I highly encourage everybody to watch the youtube version of the episode because that, that is that was worth every i am so glad i asked like that question i am so proud of myself that's awesome um, <laughs> So we are kind of winding down. Uh, so we definitely want to jump into shout outs here. Um, so obviously, uh, Danielle, we always want to make sure that we let our guests have the opportunity to do, do shout outs. And it can be anything from, you know, some people in your life, some, uh, you know, organizations, or, you know, like I said, you were walking down the orange LA landscape the other day and you saw some flyers that, that impacted your life. Anything that you want to show some love to, um, that we can, you know, broadcast on a national scale. Um, you know, now, now is your opportunity to do so. I love it. Well, I want to give so many shout outs. So I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. Um, number one, first and foremost, Kyle Matthew McClary, my um, roommate, as well as my love, he's put up with me throughout this crazy ass time. And I've cried a lot. So I'm really, really thankful for him. Do you want to come on and say hi? I feel like he's there. Next <laughs> he's, he's in his office. It's in the room back there. I don't even know if he can hear me, but I'll, I'll have him come back and say hi a different time. Um, number two, my mom and dad and sister. Um, even though my mom and dad and I don't see eye to eye politically, a lot of times I'm really, really thankful for all their love and support <laughs> throughout the years. And I miss them so much and wish I could hug them. My sister is a boss ass bitch and she's doing pharmacy in Washington, DC on the front lines and working in the ED, the emergency department. And she's out there with her dog and cat and that's it. She doesn't know anyone else besides her work people. And I just love her and I'm so, so proud of her. So I have to give her a big shout out. And if anyone can send her virtual, like feel good vibes, please do because she is such a hard worker and like trying her hardest to keep people safe and alive and healthy okay 
And number three, I want to shout out to um, Stephen Travis for hosting this awesome podcast. I really, really appreciate that we had this time to connect whenever we have to be apart. I think it's really, really important that we spread positive vibes and good energy um, throughout COVID-19. And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, number four, I want to shout out to D-Web Designs, my favorite dance brand. She also sources and produces everything locally in NYC. So it's not fast fashion and she's an awesome designer and just a really awesome human being um number five uh okay i'll i should i should stop it at number yeah i'll, I'll stop it there <laughs> we finally right. got a shout out trev how, how excited are you right now i'm real i learned a dance move and i got a shout out i love it <laughs> this has been the most revolutionary podcast that travis has made. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Travis, have I ever told you that you are a bab? A what? A boss ass bitch. No, you haven't. Oh, and you should that. use that more. <laughs> I definitely am going to use that so much more. Um, but thank you. That was that was a great shout out. That was definitely good. Oh, I appreciate thank that. you. <laughs> I appreciate uh, you guys. Before we kind of end things here, I want to make sure that everybody knows about your website, uh, which is dannyalbertina.com. I'm going to spell it for everybody, so strap on. Uh, <laughs> D-A-N-I-A-L-B-E-R-T-I-N-A.com. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, uh, just, it just has everything about what you do and, and what you're all about. Uh, you know, show, it has a bunch of highlight reels, your blog, access to all the social media play, pages, YouTube, uh, I believe you have a chance to podcast your podcast. Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. obviously. Um, how many, how many episodes have you, have you published so far? It's a daily podcast. So right now I'm on 46. Wow, um, we are way behind. Oh no, 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 no. Like Jude, mine are very, very short. You guys. So like I do like five minutes a day Okay. and narrate dance content from technique to mental health etc cetera, etc cetera. so i you guys do the whole shebang you interview people for a long time i could not do that every day for an hour <laughs> <laughs> well everybody please check out the dance tips daily podcast and please check out uh danielle's website dannyalbertina.com uh it's got everything you can think of regarding what we talked about today essentially um well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been wonderful. I uh, really enjoyed just talking about your path um, and it's been very enlightening. I think enlightening is a good word. When you, when you think so, Trav? I do. I do. This was fun. You got, any, you, got, you got any final words of wisdom, my friend? No, no words of wisdom, but I am awful. And I, I wrote down what I thought the dance move you taught me was. What, what is that called again? I want to know what you what your guess is of what you think I, it is. I, this is embarrassing, uh, and I should have a be better memory than this. But I wrote "Wow." That's very <laughs> close. It's the whoa. Whoa. Okay. The whoa. All right. All right. So for our yeah. YouTubers, can you do can you do it one more time? This is this is how we're gonna close our episode. All right. Do do the dance for me. I'll give you. Oh. Ooh. A little sass in there for you, Steve. Good. <laughs> if you don't I'm taking do that, that with me. At our next, uh, our next outing. There we go. <laughs> I'm really pissed. <laughs> but again, 
Danielle, thank you so much for, for, for coming on and talking with us. This has been awesome. We will definitely have you, have you on again soon. And we'll talk about just weird, goofy stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> thank uh, you so much for having me, Steve and Travis. It was awesome. One, uh, one final time from, uh, from us to you. Cheers. Salud. Cheers.